This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. And welcome in to NFL Friday. Matt Murphy and Tommy Aldrich in studio, joined by Manny Adeaye on the phone. We've got Conference championship games to look back at before the Super Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks. It's going to be Patriots-Eagles, and we'll start with Manny's Patriots. We'll jump right into this. It's going to be a little bit of a shortened episode today, and it's a Tuesday edition of NFL Friday, which is not the norm for this podcast, but plenty more coverage coming in the coming weeks on both this podcast and at WFUV Sports leading up to the big game. But let's start, guys, with this Patriots-Jaguars game 24-20 win for New England. Closer than many expected, I think. I don't think many people picked Jacksonville to win the game. The Patriots, a great comeback from a great team with a lot of history in terms of the coach and the quarterback and all that. Manny, I'll start with you. What were your reactions to that Patriots comeback against the Jaguars, who played probably as well as they were going to play in this game, but you have to play perfectly to beat the Patriots, and they didn't play 100% perfect? Well, my first reaction and my reaction up till now is to check Twitter because Jalen Ramsey was talking so much trash. He was. Leading up to this game, and he is now silent. And it's interesting because watching the game, so I watched the game with, with a true Jaguars fan and like six or seven other football fans who hate the Patriots, so obviously they were Jaguar fans that day. But the, they were up 2010, and then one guy goes, you know, it's funny because the Jaguars up 2010 – but you can just feel that the Patriots are winning in some way. Like you could just always feel the Patriots come back. You always know it's around the corner. And listen, that's, that's what we do. It's what the Patriots do. They're, they're a team that you have to play 60 minutes and sometimes more just to beat them. Right. And, Tommy, I'll let you jump in here because Manny just said they were up 20-10, and that was early in the fourth quarter. Even before that, they were up 14-10 to when the Patriots punched it in right before halftime. And then you're a football guy, so the decision by Doug Marone to go into the locker room with 55 seconds left and two timeouts and not try to put more points on the board, to me, that's a play that you have to, you have to try to be aggressive in that type of situation. If you're going to beat the Patriots, it's going to be decisions like that where you get aggressive with it and you don't play conservative because they were already playing not to lose at the end of the second quarter. Yeah, it's a really good point that you bring up because especially what a game this was in the way that the Patriots, you know, they scored 14 points in the fourth quarter and all of a sudden, they were just back in the game and, and had the lead, but it seemed like the Jaguars were dominating in the first quarter and then into the second quarter, really kind of in that first half. Though the score didn't say it, the Jags looked like they were dominating the play. So you're absolutely right. Doug Marone should have maybe let his offense, which was doing some good things, go in those 55 seconds at the second quarter. But for me, my initial reaction to this game is that as as Manny just said, and Manny, congratulations. It must have been a thrill to watch this one. The oh, yeah. the Patriots find a way. You know, they really just find a way. And I'm still wondering if Jacksonville, no matter who the opponent, will always maybe be the tougher football team. But I don't know. The New England Patriots just find a way. Yeah, it was pretty remarkable. And the team stats ended up pretty similarly. So that just proves to you that, I mean, and Jacksonville took care of the football as well. So they played 
very well in this game. Still lost by four. I brought up that situation at the end of the first half with Jacksonville. Now, Manny, also at the end of the first half, Rob Gronkowski was the recipient of a cheap shot from Barry Church, and he's got a head injury, couldn't get back into the game. How did you feel about that hit towards the end of the first half with about a minute and a half to go? Uh, well, one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a cheap shot. You know, it's, it was honestly the only shot Barry Church could deliver okay. in, you know, that frame of work. Yeah. Of people, there's, there's, there's a lot of controversy over that call. Granted, it is unnecessary roughness, but it's not intentional. Like, honestly, like, he had no other option but to hit him that way because of the way the ball was thrown. You can say it was a bad ball by Brady, but because of the way the ball was thrown and the way he was coming down the angles, he had no other choice. Yeah, Manny, I'm, now, I'm really sorry to cut you off. I was yeah, go ahead. interested in your opinion on that hit from a football player's perspective because when I was watching the game, I wasn't as quick to call that a cheap shot on Barry Church, but I was almost wondering if it was just the massiveness of Gronk and the way that Gronk sort of started stumbling at the end, it was kind of a perfect storm that just led them to the head-to-head contact, whereas yeah. it just didn't seem too malicious on Barry Church's part. Yeah, and that perfect storm led to Gronk, you know, being out of the game. And it, for me as a fan... It was a nasty hit, by the way. The way it turned yeah, it out, it, it did look like a nasty hit. I'm not sure what Gronk's status will be, but go ahead. But, you know, what? this, this is not the common misconception. People think the Patriots need Gronk. Gronk wasn't even part of our Super Bowl run last year. And he might not know? be this year. And, and he then... might not be this year. Gronk is just a piece to the puzzle of our offense, but at the same time, he's just a piece. There are many pieces that make this offense work and make this system work. That's a fair point you bring up, you know, considering they were missing him last year. But I think more than ever this year has shown that they have needed Gronk because you lose Edelman, and that's a huge piece going down. LeGarrette Blunt was so successful for you last year, so now you don't really have oh, who a Who does big... he play for now, Tommy? So now he plays for Philly, <laughs> and that what a story that's going to be. Chris Long as well. But basically, I think this year more than ever, and I want to hear what you have to say about this, just a little more so than last year, they, they are relying on Gronk a bit. Not re- Relying is not a, a nice word. That's not the best word to use. But Gronk is probably, in my opinion, the most disproportional weapon in the league. Creates the biggest matchup, so to speak. And you saw in that one Miami game when he was suspended for the Buffalo Bills, Tredavious White hit, they really looked like they struggled. And, you know, at the same time... <laughs> I can't believe they got it done in the second half without Gronk because I did say the whole time, man, now they got to go against this Jacks D, which looks so good, and they have to do it without Gronkowski, but, you know, they it did turned, it. It so. turned into the Danny Amendola show. It did. That's right. That's, by the way, a great example of Patriots magic. I mean, yeah, that Danny— they always not, that and, and not—again, I'm not discrediting the Patriots. Football magic is alive everywhere, but, you know, Danny Amendola, to make that catch in that moment— what a catch that was. Not only that, but this is another play that I want to talk about with you guys. We do have a couple more minutes here before we'll shift gears to talk more about that Eagles shellacking of, of the Minnesota Vikings, 38-7, <laughs> obviously the other team that's going to now be in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. But Amendola's play throughout the game, that the toe-drag toe game-winning touchdown was awesome, but also the 3rd-18 and 18 play when the Jags were still up 20-10 to 10, down the middle of the field. That's a huge third down and, and one of the biggest plays in the game because if the Jags can force a punt there up by 10 in that situation, the game might have ended differently. That's just how I feel about that third and long down the middle of the field. Yeah, Amendola. yeah. I mean, Amendola, what a 
amazing thing to have in the back pocket for the New England Patriots. Because and he threw a pass too that uh, they had the yeah they, they went threw it out for that old uh, yeah. Randy Moss. And that was the Miles Jack strip play though the chase down oh, that strip of Deion play. Lewis unbelievable play. Um, this game was so much better by the way than the Eagles <laughs> one. So if we end up talking about this <laughs> yeah, that's fine with for me. a little bit, yeah. I think it'll be fine. But this was such a great game. But yeah. Amendola, they Manny, what's your take on him? Because from my perspective. They signed him seemingly so long ago when he was a St. Louis Ram who looked like he had a lot of talent, spent his first couple of years off injured, and you weren't sure what they got. And then Amendola sort of became the guy playing the exact same position. But, you know, all of a sudden, what, four, five years later from the signing, Amendola's out for the whole season, and this guy steps up. Yeah, well, here's the thing about, you know, Bill Belichick being not just a great head coach, but a phenomenal GM, you know. And going back to what I said earlier about pieces to the puzzle, we don't need, you know, the big-time Julio Jones receiver. Granted, we would love to have a receiver like that. But whatever, but what we do need, what we take, what we want, is someone who's going to work the system, who's going to get us certain plays like the, the third and 18, certain plays like who can toe-tap in the back of the end zone, but you're small and shifty at the same time, you know. This is this is the it speaks to the greatness of Bill Belichick as a GM as a coach and this as an overall football mind. And Amendola also had that great punt return in the fourth quarter as well that set them up pretty nicely. Another thing I wanted to talk about from this Patriots Jaguars game is the the return of the flea flicker because we saw that in the Eagles game as well. The Philip Dorsett had a was a long reception on the back end of a flea flicker that led to Amendola's first touchdown in that game obviously he finished with the two and the second one being of greater magnitude but yeah. I feel like the teams this weekend I love when teams just kind of open their playbook a yeah. little bit because we, we the, the Eagles kind of need to do it with Nick Foles to try to make some different looks happen but the Patriots with Tom Brady the flea flicker against the Jags that was an exciting play to Dorsett and you see it all over the league as you said it's like during the playoffs the teams have been unleashing you know got to do whatever it takes to win and the Vikings had a receiver. This could have been the week before against uh, New Orleans. The Vikings unleashed something where they threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage to the receiver who had a wide-open guy streaking down the far sideline and missed him. Basically Wasn't a wide receiver Saints, throw. Willie, I think Willie it was, Sneed threw yeah, a Willie pass Sneed. in the Saints game. So yeah. that was, yeah. Oh, sorry, that was the Saints. Yeah, the Saints against the Vikings. Okay, so yeah. You're seeing it all over the league. Uh, it is interesting, and it's funny. I feel like the... Like the flea flicker, either like it's gonna work really well, wide open touchdown, or sometimes the DBs just aren't fooled at all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. See, the thing is, you know, it's the playoffs. Literally, it's win or go home. So you gotta open up the whole playbook, leave leave it all out there. You know. If we can bring up one more thing about yeah, this go game, go for it. I just at one point in the first half, I thought we were witnessing like something seriously weird with Blake Bortles because in the first half. Every time, you know, they were running the ball well. Basically, he had a lot of really good throws in the first half. Specifically, one time, I thought, like, the game was over at this point. They had a lead. They were dominating on defense, doing what they needed on offense. And all of a sudden, it was, like, third and long. Like, third and maybe 10-plus. And Bortles threw an absolute, like, Rodgers-esque dot on the sideline to a toe-tapping receiver. Yeah. It was perfect back shoulder. And even the touchdown to Mercedes Lewis was a good ball. Yeah, there were a couple. He was playing really well in that first half, and, and I was I was happy for him, but I was also surprised and wondering, 
you know, sort of what his future is and, and all that stuff. It just makes you uh, kind of sad for the Jaguars because you don't know if this was like their year. I know there are a lot of young guys, but you don't know if Bortles, with all the healthy quarterbacks coming back to that division, Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson, it's going to be even tougher next season. I mean, who knows what, what Andrew Luck's going to do, but at least Watson coming back from the ACL and stuff like that. Last thing on this game, I just feel like the Jaguars, like their, their defense – it, it kind of stunk as a fan to watch Miles Jack go out late in the game because that dude is a playmaker. And when he went out toward in the fourth quarter, it kind of felt like, yep, that, that's it for, for the Jaguars Matt, this season. That's an unbelievable point because I was watching that game and I was like, what's going on here? All they had back-to-back -back injuries. Yeah. That the defensive lineman was yeah, in the game. Was, that was exactly, Manny. And the game was over at that point. And so the game ended. And you're like, ah, oh, brutal. You know, you just felt that massive deflation. As you said, this could have been the year for the Jaguars. I think of all the teams – it really felt like their year, and the game was over. You're deflated, and as you said, Miles Jack, who everyone knows is playing on a knee that is and Manny, at any moment going to go, that knee seemed to, or I don't even know if it was the same knee. His knee goes, and then Marcel Darius, and I was like, oh, gosh. And Manny, remember when uh, Miles Jack fell to the second round of that draft that we covered in Chicago two years ago? There were a lot of question marks with him coming out. That's right. There really was. But real quick before we go to the Eagles, I want to give credit to where credit is never given to, and that's the Patriots defense. Patriots defense is a bend, do not break defense. So that means they'll give up all the yards in the world. When it comes down to the Renzo, they're going to stop the wash, they're going to bow their backs, and you're not going to get many points on the board. If you take this last game the last two, and the last two Super Bowls the Patriots played in, in the fourth quarter in OT, the Patriots have outscored their opponents 53-3. to and those three points came this weekend. So not only is the offense clicking, the defense who gets no love is always clicking. Well, you know who has a pretty good defense, or had, I should say, the Minnesota Vikings. And the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles rolled them 38-7. Nick Foles, 26 for 32, a career game. I mean, I know he had that great season a couple years ago, but just 352 passing yards in one of the most important home playoff games probably the franchise has ever seen. Three touchdowns. Doug Peterson opened up the playbook for him. They they did that last week against the Falcons as well, just trying different types of things and reverses and all that, the flea flicker that we talked about in the previous discussion. But the running game's got to help him. Sometimes Jay Ajayi had some big runs, and Blunt looked like playoff Blunt Ooh. on his touchdown run. So th this Eagles performance was really just spectacular from top to bottom. I mean, I know they went down 7 nothing, and that was – the only time in the game that Case Keenum looked confident at all Literally. because after that, <laughs> the pick six happened and the rest was history in Philly. The rest was absolute history, and what a dominating performance, as you said, by the Eagles, just all around. I mean, top to bottom, as you said, an unbelievable performance. And, Manny, we were on the show last week. You know I didn't see this coming because I predicted the Vikings to win. Manny, you should have picked with your – you said your mind was telling you the Eagles, but your heart was telling you Vikings, and you went with the Vikings. I know. I went I went with my heart, you know, and, and, I, and I pride myself on not going by emotions, and I messed up last week. But because, you know, I really just want to see the Vikings play in their home stadium. But this is the thing. This is the problem I have with everybody. People writ off the Eagles the second Carson Wentz went down, acting like their defense was not spectacular all year. That was like me. That's, I'm like a great example of someone who did that. Yeah, their, their backfield's amazing. Like, we're talking about Ajayi. We're talking about Garrett Blunt. So as a Patriots fan, this is the number one guy I'm worried about in two weeks. I won't even lie to you. Jay Ajayi? 
No, no LeGarrette Blunt. Oh, LeGarrette Blunt. Blunt. Blunt in the playoffs is, is crazy good. That, that, was his tenth, that was his 10th touchdown in 10 career playoff games. But, Manny, how about That's the awesome. one-two punch of Ajayi and Blunt? Because I, I understand your fear of Blunt. It's perfectly validated. But as a football player, what, what are your thoughts on Jay Ajayi? I'm oftentimes sitting there and I say, Jay Ajayi, toughest tackle in the league. And that's kind of a, you know, I think that could be an odd statement, but that guy to me is a mixture of size and speed and just quickness. I mean, he's so he runs really aggressive. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on Ajayi as a runner? See, here's the thing about Ajayi. Like you said, he's quick, but he's not fast. He doesn't have breakaway speed. So when he gets up in the open field, you can't chase him down, but you're going to have to bring him down at the same time. He's, he's almost as similar to LeGarrette. He's a bowling ball tight running back, and their backfield is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's scary. And that's what helped them out this weekend because if you saw the play on that flea flicker, they were running the ball so well that Trey Wayne, with his eyes caught in the backfield on the flea flicker, bit, bit hard on the run. And then Nick flows through a perfect pass, perfect pass to Troy Smith for a touchdown. Here's one thing I think we did see, Manny, that we talked about in the show. I certainly didn't see, or maybe wishful thinking, clouded my thoughts. I didn't see the Eagles playing this well against the Vikings. I didn't see the Vikings playing this bad. I obviously picked them to win. But one thing I think we did recognize is that this was a matchup of two quarterbacks who Nick Foles is a little, he's sort of proven, but basically two quarterbacks who we knew that if it started uh, bad early and often, it could be a really bad game. And I we both all agreed that you know, whether that be Nick Foles early on or Case Keenum early on, one of these guys could have a real bad game, and clearly it was Case Keenum. Well, after yeah, after the touchdown to Rudolph, it was all kind of downhill from there, and that's what brings up the Patrick Robinson pick six, which I want to talk about in, in one second. But let's not forget on that flea flicker who the running back was, the third guy in the Eagles' backfield, South Jersey's own Corey Clement. I've got to always plug South Jersey. He's okay. kind of their, their third boy. down And he's a rookie, <laughs> guy. right? Uh, I know. Th- Either oh, Kenyon Barner was the rookie I was thinking about. No, Maybe. Barner's not a rookie, so I think Clement's either rookie or first year. I oh, shouldn't okay. know that, but he, yeah, he's a Wisconsin guy, yeah. So okay. He was a kind of a long shot to make the team in, in training camp, but he's been getting some snaps all season long and contributing at different times. Now, Manny, you as a, as a defensive lineman, obviously, definitely have been noticing what Chris Long, a former Patriot, has been doing in an Eagles uniform this year. He was the one that applied the pressure which led to that Robinson pick six for the Eagles, which really turned the momentum in that stadium and got everyone going. I have a friend who was at the game. I have a couple friends who were at the game, but one of them tweeted that there's no no words can describe how the stadium felt on the pick six to tie the game after the deflating touchdown they gave up. And from there, they held the Vikings scoreless for the rest of the game. It was Chris Long getting the pressure, Robinson with the pick, and then a huge block from Darby on the return. So that that play was really the biggest play in the game, and Chris Long has looked great on the Eagles' D-line. Yeah, listen, the Eagles' D-line, before I even – so Chris Long, I've watched Chris Long since he was with the Rams. Phenomenal job last year with the Patriots. Hopefully that's his only ring so far in his career <laughs> the next couple of years. But they, the, the Eagles rotate about seven and eight defensive linemen, and they all get meaningful snaps a game. This is so important to your defensive side of the ball because your D-line, once you have a dominant D-line, your defense is set. You're going to see plays like that from, from Chris Long, from Fletcher Cox. Derek Barnett had a big strip later in the oh game. Oh, my gosh. The Eagles' defensive line, is, is they're serious. They control the pace 
of that game this weekend. And Chris Long, shout out to him. He's been a phenomenal player for years. And I'm just happy to see him get have success in the postseason. The Eagles have done really a good job of loading up on the pass rushers. I just think about it off the top of my head. At any given moment, you could have Fletcher Cox coming after you, Brandon Graham, Vinnie Curry, and to draft Derek Barnett it wasn't even a position of need, but casually. Barnett, with a yeah, that, a lot of people scrutinized. Pick. A lot of people scrutinized that pick, but I mean, they got you know he could be the best pass rusher in the draft. So, and hey, know. that's how you uh, can get after. If you're going to beat the Patriots, you've got to get after Tom Brady. So exactly. in the final, in the final minute or two here, let's kind of look ahead just a tad with our early, very early thoughts on this Super Bowl matchup between the Eagles and the Patriots. I think it's going to be a, a close game. We're not going to do scores or predictions just yet, but just some of the storylines possibly in this Super Bowl. I know today Bill Belichick said the work starts now and they've got to really get after it because they're not used to playing a team in the Super Bowl that they did not see in the regular season. So the coaches, players are digging into the film right now and it should be an exciting matchup in a couple of weeks. Manny, yeah, I want to hear what you got to say, man, because this, this is it. The Pats going for number two in two years, but – You've been saying it the whole time, how good this Eagles team. So what what are you thinking from a fan's perspective? This is what I'm going to tell you as an analyst and a fan's perspective. You know, ESPN always gives them little weird stats. You know, the little, the little unknown stats that you don't really want to know about that don't really play a factor in the game. But here's the stat that I've just Don't do the up. jersey number, the jersey color stat about I'm the white the jerseys. jersey color, baby. The Patriots got the white jerseys on. Oh, my god. The gosh. white jerseys have won the last couple of Super Bowls. <laughs> and listen. This is this is a this is a Patriots team. If you separate their dynasties, if you look at if you look at the eighteen years that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's been together and cut them in half, you literally have and barring that they win this come Super Bowl, you have two, three out of four seasons where they won the Super Bowl. This is a this is a massive dynasty. This is like I don't even know there's no words that could describe what this organization is and the storyline that's gonna come together once they pull this victory off. Hey man, there's two sides to that coin. The 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 Patriots may be wearing the successful white jerseys, Eagles but all of a sudden, green those have been Eagles very successful in those this home year. jerseys, man. Hey, those... they're really they're really ten and zero in green with the white pants this year. If you exclude the six nothing loss to the Cowboys in Week 17, that meant nothing. That's that got them. That was ten and one. But I'll, I'll call them undefeated in green this year. Well, in the year 2005, they wore the green jersey when they played the Patriots too. Fair Dude, enough. Let's not talk about that one. <laughs> you know, as a Giants fan, I really don't want to share the uh, fact that the Giants are the only team to beat the Patriots in a Super Bowl with the e- NFC East rival Eagles. That will be devastating as a Giants fan to me, especially for the Eagles' first Super Bowl. They'll always hang on to that. So that, that for me, is uh, something to watch in this game. All right, boys, that's it for me. If you guys have any final thoughts, jump in right now. Otherwise, we've got plenty more com- coverage coming. No, there's going to be a lot of coverage. I just can't wait till we get to it and we get to these traditions and we see Tom get another ring. Yeah, final thoughts. Can't believe the Patriots are in the Super Bowl again. It's just seems I can't like... believe the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I wouldn't have thought this in the beginning of the year. Nick Foles, man. Tell you what, man. Good, good player. All right, that'll do it. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for more great coverage out of us for not only NFL Friday, but all of our live shows on WFUV. For my co-host, Tommy Aldrich and Manny Adeye, and our producer today, Jackson Heil, I'm Matt Murphy. This was One on One's NFL Friday.